Hello everyone and welcome to episode 35 of The Love Pod. That's right, episode 35. That means seven to eight months I think we've been doing this for now. Um, you'll notice, that, by the way, that I am not Chris. I'm also not Dan. Um, this is Rob recording, um, hosting the podcast tonight. Um, a couple of apologies before we get going. Um, Chris and Dan both can't attend so we may have some issues with music. Um, so we may have a musicless podcast, so it might sound a bit weird. Um, just wanted to get that out there before we crack on. Um, I'm joined tonight by Tom and Jamie. Um, come to you first, Tom, how are you doing? Uh, yeah, I'm great, thanks. How are you? Yeah, very well, thank you. Um, a bit stressed out by having to host this, but <laughs> hopefully we'll get through it all right. Um, and Jamie, how are you doing, Jamie? Yeah, not too bad, thanks, not too bad. Good stuff. Um, so firstly we'll crack on with um, the first section tonight, we're going to talk about the Bristol match yesterday. Um, I wasn't there, either of you guys go? Unfortunately, yeah. Yeah? Yeah, same, unfortunately. <laughs> Excellent, I'll let you guys uh, cover the talk, most of the talking there in that case. Um, so I watched back Lennon's comment about the game today, and he said the first half we were really poor, um, but we improved in the second half and we deserved to win it, which seemed... I don't know, I don't know if I agree with him, but what do you guys think? I'll come to you first, Tom, what do you think to that? Um, I, I'd love to side with you there, I'm not totally convinced um, by how uh, happy he was with the second half performance. Uh, yeah, it was, an, it was an improvement on the first half, but it, we'd have struggled for it not to have been. The first half was absolute dirge, start to finish, um, reminiscent of a Friedman sort of game, just absolute... Just absolutely nothing, um, and yeah, like 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 he said, uh, second half slightly better, but I, I, I still didn't leave the match happy at all. What do you think, Jamie? How bad were we yesterday? Uh, first half was probably the worst thing I've ever watched in my entire life. <laughs> uh, maybe apart from Preston game, maybe I don't know. Actually, the, the first half was probably worse than that. The second half, we we were right in the second half. I mean. It wasn't, yeah, Tom's right, it wasn't exceptional, but compared with the first half, God, it might have been Barcelona compared with the first <laughs> half, but um, I think we probably did deserve to win the match, because, I mean, City controlled the first half, but didn't really create anything apart from that truly bizarre near-own goal, and then second half, yeah, I think we probably should have tucked away a couple of goals, but story of the season so far, isn't it? Yeah, well, pretty much, yeah. Sorry, go on. Go on Tom. Well, I mean, it, it says it all. Um, Steve Cottrell's uh, post-game comments. He he said his own team were basically a League One team, and um, I mean that does show the level we're at when we can't be beating like a team yeah. of that quality at home. Really? Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think it came down yesterday. Another game of missed chances. Um, I think Medine had two efforts. He should have scored oh. one after Amiobi's penalty, and then another two more headers. I think that he should have scored as well. Um, and then Feeney missed a couple of chances as well, apparently. But um, we we now haven't scored in six matches, and when we do keep clean sheet, we seem to draw nil-nil. Um, so what do you guys think about why we're missing so many opportunities? Particularly, I think Gary Medine and Feeney are, are the main culprits here. Um, Jamie first, what do, you, what do you think the problem is there? Uh, I think you probably described the problem. It's the chances of falling to Feeney and Medine. I mean, <laughs> Medine, uh, sorry, Feeney for a start, just isn't a finisher. He scored a few decent goals, but he misses so many. And, well, Medine's the same, isn't it? Mm. Uh, like, those those headers. I mean, they, I think they genuinely did hit the same part of grass. <laughs> part of grass about five metres wide of the goal. And it's just incredible. Um, and they were free headers as well. And you've got to at least put it near the goal. I don't know. It's... Yeah. I worry about Medine. He seems to have this knack of missing the easiest chances possible. Like, that... Was it... Well, the one was against Wolves where he hit the no Derby where he hit the bar, and then was it the League Cup match where yeah, against Burton from a yard out. Yeah. yeah, I don't know what's going on with that guy, but he can't be a striker and miss. He missed the follow up for the penalty as well, didn't he? I mean, it was yeah. a tight angle, but he still tried to put it into the stratosphere. So, yeah, it's a huge concern that he's our best striker probably, and he's missing chances like that. But talking of crap strikers, um, so another striker stepped up to take a penalty. I think we all thought he was going to miss it, and he did. Amiobi. So what do you guys think? Do you think he was the right guy to take it, or should someone else have stepped up? Um, uh, yeah, well, when he... 
when I saw Amiobi grab the ball, like my heart sank because I literally just had a flashback of Medine's penalty earlier mm. in the season. Um, I mean, just a big target man who's not like got the best goal record ever um, taking a penalty, especially when Lennon was so vocal about Medine, um, like his uh, dislike of Medine taking that penalty, and he says he prefers technical um, penalty takers. So perhaps you Mark Davis, but I mean. I mean, it, it surprised me to find out Amiobi has scored 10 out of 10 penalties in his career before um, the game. So, I mean, I suppose I can't begrudge him taking it, but, yeah, I had no um, faith whatsoever in him scoring it, to be honest. Yeah, it's the same. I tweeted yesterday that who on earth let that idiot take a penalty? And <laughs> cue a load of angry Newcastle fans to me saying, tell me what idiot I am. But, um, um, yeah, what do you make of Amiobi generally, though, Jamie? Uh, generally, well, I only, I've only watched him in this last match, and well, first half he was uh, pretty atrocious, but then everyone was. Second half, uh, he was alright. Few good runs. Was there to tap in the goal offside, but he played. Yeah, he played alright with Medine. They they played quite well together. I thought. Well, mm. again, better in the first half. Wasn't necessarily that well, but at the end of the day, we need a striker who can put a penalty in the back of the net <laughs> at the very least, and. That would be a good start. If he's not that, then <laughs> not really the player we need. No. Um, I, th- I, was in- I, th- I thought it was interesting that Amiobi and Medine did play up front together. There's not a lot of mobility there, is there? No, not all. And it was concerning to see that um, Max Clayton seemed to be stripped off mm. uh, to come on with about at least 25 minutes to go. And then um, Amiobi sort of created that chance for uh, Liam Feeney, which... Phoenix tamely um, shot at the goalkeeper, but and then Lennon seemed to think, oh, like we're doing all right now. I think I think I'll stick with this uh, formula, and then obviously Clayton didn't come on till the last minute. So, and I think Clayton's movement and pace uh, could have been the difference. I agree. I, th- I was surprised he left Clayton out. I know he's played the last two matches, but we've got a two-week gap, so I don't think tiredness should have been a problem, should it? I mean, were you guys surprised he didn't play? Um, I'll come to you that. I'll come to you, Jamie, on that. Yeah, probably. I mean, well, when you're starting Stephen Dobby, you, yes. you've got to be surprised that anyone else isn't playing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, maybe I suppose you just come back from injury. Maybe it would have been too much to start him, but certainly could have brought him on twenty, twenty-five minutes, and had he can actually hit the target of a shot. So <laughs> even if he was just stood there, probably would have done better than better than the rest of them but I, I, I don't know yeah I think talking of Dobby actually you mentioned Dobby there I don't think we'll start uh, seeing Stephen Dobby in a Bolton shirt for a while will we after that performance oh no um, like I mean people have been calling for him to start as well uh, well on I say people um, the inhabitants of Reebok Raw on Facebook have been <laughs> uh, calling for um, Stephen Dobby to start for a while um, I think he proved every like he proved why he hasn't been signed because, I mean, he was just, there was just nothing to him. I mean, there's a reason he was playing for Fleetwood last season. I'll just, I'll just leave it at that. Yeah, that's a fair point. Um, another player who um, is worthy of mention, I think, Josh Vella. Um, Lennon said after the match that he thought he had a great game. Um, I know a few of our fellow writers will probably disagree on that point, but what did you guys make of Vella now he's being switched back to right back again? I'll come to you, Jamie, on that one. I thought he was all right. He wasn't exceptional. He was just solid. When they attacked down his flank, I don't really remember them getting the ball across the box that often. He cut out most stuff down there. Um, there was some positioning. Uh, if City got the ball across the box, then there were three City players. Well, not three, but three City players in the middle, which he should have been marking, and it would have been a tap-in. Mm. And would be very easy. And well, some of his passing was—I I, I don't even know what he was aiming for. I mean, it was just atrocious. But <laughs> overall, perfectly solid mm. as a right back. But there's definitely stuff to work on. You know, better teams would have taken advantage of the fact that they had three man in the box, and you know, cause, you just can't take the chance of it. Yeah, I think the, I think we've said a lot this week about. Um... As not playing right backs at right back. There's a couple of articles that went up this week about that. Um, Tom, who would you like to see right back for the rest of the season if you had a choice? Um, 
It's a tough one. Um, I I think Vela did quite well um, at the weekend, and he did fairly well last season. I mean, I was one of these people crying out for him to be played centre mid, but um, last couple of weeks he's not really imposed himself there, and I think we did look quite solid defensively with him there yesterday, so mm-hmm. um, I don't know, but I, I still think for all his faults, I do think like Laurie Wilson's sort of um, excommunication from like the first team is just it seems all it seems like it has shades of like the Jay Spear in last season. It's sort of like yeah, he had a poor, like he had an atrocious game at Huddersfield, and he was like, mm-hmm. put, but like so did everyone else. You know what I mean? Like I don't. I, I mean, I'd like to see Wilson giving another go. Really, there. Yeah, I agree. I think it's very odd that he's just suddenly disappeared. Um, the same could be said for Pizzano. Really. I don't think either are injured, are they? Um, I feel quite sorry for Pizzano as well because he got thrown in against Brighton, who were top of the league, and then he got half a match against QPR, who are are a good side on their day. So I feel a bit sorry for him, and I feel a bit sorry for Wilson. Um, so I think one of them deserves to have a go back there, to be honest. But um, any other thoughts on the match, guys? <laughs> Nothing else. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, uh, Jay, Jay Spearing had a good game um, yeah. in centre mid. Uh, I'm str- I'm struggling though. Like it's just, I mean, it just topped it off to see Twardzik play left back, didn't it? Um, yeah, true. I mean, I remember saying to my mate, like I was just saying, I hope we throw like Twardzik on for a laugh just because, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we got our wish. And then I seen on Twitter after the game, um, his very attractive girlfriend. Um, Christina. Uh, it seems, yeah, uh, apparently she pays him £3 an hour <laughs> to um, sort through her emails, which is just... I think his, that's technically slave uh, labour. Yeah. <laughs> his whole, just his whole, um, like, his whole existence uh, just baffles me uh, a little bit. But it's yeah, weird, isn't it, uh, though? Some players, <laughs> in, some players seem to get a game or get included on the bench randomly when others don't. So, like, Tom Walker... Had a few games on the bench, then he's disappeared. Now Philip Twardzik's got his go on the bench, and he'll disappear next match, I imagine. It's very odd. I think Walker might be injured, actually. Is he? I was reading something earlier, and I think it was saying he was injured. I can't remember what it was, but... Okay. It was... kind of makes sense. Yeah, that would make sense, yeah. Okay, cool. Um, I think we've covered everything from the Bristol game, seeing as it was a pretty dull nil-nil. So we'll be back in a couple of minutes, and we'll be taking a look at our dreadful form and we'll be having a look at um whether Lennon should stay or go cool so join us in a couple of minutes we'll be right back okay everyone to love pod 35 i'm here with tom and jamie still and we're going to have a quick look at what is to blame for bolton's dire form now if you've been off sunning yourself in some far away place far away from the dire, dire situation that is Bolton Wanderers, then you won't know that we've not won for the last 10 matches. You also won't know we've only won once in 17 matches this season and only one win in 22 going back to last season. And going back to last March, just three wins in 29 games and seven wins in 42 matches throughout the whole of 2015. Wow. Not a a good situation. So what's the blame? Um... I think a lot of people quite recently have been blaming our defence, but we've only conceded six in our last six matches. So, what do you guys think? Can we really blame the defence, Tom? What do you think? Um, I mean, uh, sure. I mean, we've got... um, I think the thing with the defence is lack of consistency in team selections. And, I mean, that's not, like, completely down to Lennon because... we, we've had a silly number of red cards already this season, um, but I think uh, we, I think I feel like if we had a settled back four, um, it wouldn't be too bad. But it's literally chopping, uh, chopping and changing every single game. Yeah, and I, f- I think we look solid enough against Bristol City, albeit against uh, against a poor team, and we did have that one um, horrendous moment where uh, they hit the bar. But um, yeah, I feel like we've kept a clean sheet now. I feel like we should just stay with that back four and just um, hopefully try and build on that clean sheet now. 
Yeah, agreed. Tom, if you had to pick a defence, who would it be? Four defenders. Sorry, Jamie. Jamie. Um, ooh, um, I don't know. I mean, yeah, to attempt to clean shoot, attempt to say what, what happens, um, what they play on Saturday. But, I mean, maybe just input right back of right back mm-hmm. and then leave it the same. Um, yeah, I maybe, think. Sorry, maybe, yeah, I think Prince think, and Rita um, are probably our best two yeah, central. But, Best two central defenders, aren't they? Based on yesterday, anyway. Yeah, quite probably. Talk, talking of Prince, um, he is starting to frustrate me a little bit now, just because I know he, I know he can be so good with like the tackles he makes, but he'll make a fantastic tackle and he'll just pass it straight to the other team. And like, I feel like, uh, yeah, I feel like well, whilst Prince is still our second best centre back after Weeter, uh, I still feel like. His mistakes and his lack of concentration uh, do worry me slightly. But anyway, carry on. Yeah, I agree with that, actually. I think Wheater's quite a calming calming um, presence at the back, isn't he? Yeah. So anyone who plays with him, I mean, David's probably not the best. And Prince is a bit dodgy sometimes. But I think when, the, when either of those play with him, he kind of helps them minimise their mistakes. Have Wheater and Derek played together yet? I don't think so, no. No, because Derek played with Prince, didn't he? Yeah. When he played. I don't think they have, no. I think that would be interesting, though. I'm not sure. We haven't really seen much of Derek at centre-back, have we? But um, that could be an interesting partnership. It definitely, It's definitely one to think... Uh, I, I'm definitely... Um, like I said, I don't really want to experiment, but uh, maybe in... It's still a couple of months off, but I mean... Oh, well, I was going to say in the FA Cup, but that's too far away. So, I mean, if if we start conceding goals, it might be something to look at, try yeah. them two together. Yeah, I think I agree, actually. I think I'll... Moving on to the midfield, actually. I think um, my biggest worry about, about the whole team, actually, is the midfield. I think the lack of creativity and the lack of goals, even, from midfield is pretty astounding. So you've got Davis, Vela, Prattley haven't scored or not even got an assist between them this year. And Dan's has scored twice, is it, I think? And he can't get in the team now. So I think my biggest question about this is what's gone wrong with Mark Davis and Darren Prattley? Um, what do you think, Tom? Um, I don't, our midfield puzzles me because I feel like for for this league, it should be more than adequate, our midfield. Mm. Mark Davis, on his day, could be one of the best players in this league. But his days are quite few and far between at the minute. Um You'd say like Josh Vella on paper in midfield. Um, you'd, you'd feel comf- confident having him in the Championship midfield. Jay Spearing, you know, uh, we, uh, Darren Prattley last season. I mean, like, I feel like it should be more than adequate, but it d- does seem that teams just like stroll through our midfield and there is no creativity there. And yeah, I, I can't really put my finger on it. I mean, Prattley really needs to up his game, especially. Now he's got the captain's armband. It seems like a bit of a curse, like what happened with uh, Spearing as well. Yeah. What do you think, um, Jamie? I thought Prattley did... sounded like Prattley did okay yesterday. He was getting into positions in the box, which he hasn't been doing in the last few games. What do you make of him? Prattley played a lot better than he did against QPR, which mm. is the last time I saw him. Well, yeah. I watched the press match, but I can't remember what happened in that. Um... Lot, much better than that match. I, I don't remember him doing all that much apart from unnecessary on the edge of our penalty area. But I mean, I wonder if Prattley whether it's more a question, not so much a question of what happened to the Prattley of last season, but more what went right last season for Prattley to not be normal Prattley. Yeah. If that actually yeah. makes yeah. sense. Um, and then obviously Davis has just never been consistent. And mm. I mean, he's managed to stay fit in the most part this season, which is nice, but. He's, I suppose he's never had a run of games this long to stay consistent in. Maybe that's the problem. That's true. I think last year when Bradley was playing well, he had a bit more freedom, didn't he? So I think they were pushing him out towards the left of midfield and he could actually bomb forward and just not have the not have the pressure of having to defend as well, which is what he's really been asked to do now in the middle of midfield. So maybe we need to look at giving him a bit more freedom and just sending him free of the middle and maybe have Davis and... Spearing sitting in there. I don't know. Yeah, perhaps. Maybe. Well, I'm, I'm hoping this uh, this Luke Bratton, is it, who is yeah. signed? I'm hoping he can get himself 
up to speed of the international break because, um, I mean, I, well, from what I've read, he seems like somewhat of a poor man, Stuart Holden. So, yeah. I mean, um, I feel like that sort of player is what we need in there. Just like a bit of bite, uh, quality on the ball. Um, and hopefully, I mean, he, yeah, apparently he's more of a holding midfielder, but uh, yeah. apparently he's like box to box as well. So um, hopefully he could add something um, going forward. Yeah, definitely. I mean, the last few times I've been listening to them on the radio and I watched the Preston game, obviously. Um, whenever I hear the commentary on it, it sounds like we're getting into positions, but then either the last ball's not good enough or we, get, we end up with mate, um Medine or Feeney on the end of it, and neither of them can finish. So that's kind of the big downfall. It's either the last ball or it's the finish. Um, I think it's the lack of creativity in midfield, really, from Davis and um, and Prattley, which is really costing us. But further forwards from them, um, Feeney's still our top scorer with three goals. Um, but what do you guys make of his form? What do you think, Tom? Who is this, Feeney? Yeah, Feeney, yeah. Uh, um... He's a winger who can't cross. Yeah. Um, I mean, to be fair to him, when he does put a, like when he on the rare occasion he does put a great ball in, uh, Medine just heads it wide. Like so, I mean, him him and Medine as a winger striker combo like, is quite tragic. Uh, but I mean, you can't you can't fault the guy's effort. Um, like. Someone at the Preston game uh, sat behind me and was calling him a lazy bastard. And if there's one thing you can't level at Feeney, I don't think it's no. that he is lazy. But he, I, I do believe he's a League One player. And um, like Millwall fans, when, when we signed him, Millwall fans were like, happy to have like get rid of him, sort of thing. And um, yeah, I just I just don't think. Uh, we we have much chance in this league if Liam Feeney's starting every week. That's true. I mean, he is literally starting every week, isn't he? Um, yeah. And sometimes he's playing on the wing, sometimes he's up front, sometimes he's playing to the left and he doesn't have a left foot, so that's not ideal. But um, what do you make of Feeney, uh, Jamie? He was really quite frustrating at the weekend, um, unsurprisingly. I mean, a few times in the first half, you know, nice balls, he was getting a bit of pace through and then the end product was terrible. There was one time where the only ball playing the box in the six-yard box, he pulls it right back. And practically sort of arriving 10 seconds too late and just goes straight to a seat defender. And that's just so frustrating. And then there's the chance he just scores. And in fairness, I think, did he do both those crosses? Or at least one of them that Medine put quite mm-hmm. wide. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, he gets he gets himself in good positions and it's just he doesn't have the end product. And that's the problem. We need someone with his pace, his you know, decent senior positional awareness, but the the actual ability to pass the ball straight and cross and shoot <laughs> and whatever else. True, that would be helpful for a winger, wouldn't it? But never mind. Um, looking up front, we've got three strikers now. Shola Amiobi, Gary Medine, and Emil Heskey. Um, <laughs> um, yeah. All of them have pretty terrible goal-scoring records. <laughs> um, who's, who do you think's our best striker? Out of those three, based on performances this year and just in general. What do you think, Jamie? It's like choosing between Ross and Apples. Uh, <laughs> who's what the, sing- the single best one? I I don't know. Probably just not Heskey. Yeah. Uh, I felt that, I mean, Amiobi and Medine did play a right up front together. Or at least a lot better than Amiobi did on his own in the first half of the weekend. So I suppose they've got that going for them. Um, but it's just, I don't know. I mean, playing them up front together is just asking not to score. I mean, playing any of them up front is asking not to score goals, and that's that's the problem, isn't it? That is a problem. Yeah. What do you think, Tom? Well, I remember when we had the um, like the Twitter question of the week, and it's how many goals do you think Medine can, can score this season? And I said four, and everyone seemed to think I was being quite harsh. But I mean, I think I was being generous by saying <laughs> four goals yeah. for Medine this season. Um, Heskey is by far the worst out of the three. Um, and then choosing between Ami Elby and Medine. Uh, well, at the weekend when Medine came on, I said technically uh, he's got more legs than Ami Elby. And he's. The one thing about Medine is he has immaculate chest control. Um, that is the one thing I do notice about him. But he never wins any headers uh, for his height. Um, 
he's an awful finisher and there's not much between them. Um, I think, I mean, I'll be able to score more goals. That's what I'll say about him. Fair enough. Both. I think, yeah, I think it's a tough, he's got a tough, he's got a tough choice there, hasn't he? I mean, neither, none of them are pulling up any trees. None of them are really getting, well, they are getting in position to score. They're not putting them away. So it's really frustrating for Lennon and, you must be wondering what 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 he has to do to get one of them to score. But is there any other option out there? Would I don't know, like Jamie Thomas? Is that an option? Do you think? Um, Are we getting to that point where we just have to go for it? I mean, as a watcher of the reserves, um, I mean, I love as much as the next person for a young player to make it through. The thing about Jamie Thomas is him, like himself, he's. Uh, Currently facing somewhat of a dry spell. I mean, he's only scored one goal in like the last sort of six, seven, eight games. Mm. Um, so I mean, I mean, but can he be worse than Heskey? Um, probably not. So I mean, if you're looking at it that way, uh, probably couldn't be worse than Nobby either. So I mean, I'm getting to the point where I'm just we might we might as well just chuck him in, just see what he can do. But I mean, the problem with that is. Um, last season, Connor Wilkinson was doing with the reserves. He came on, and he played, started against Ipswich, I think, in the league. Yeah. And he was completely out of his depth. And, I mean, that's just the worry there, I think. Yeah, that's true. I mean, the one problem we have is they're all the same kind of player, aren't they? I mean, it would be Medine, Heskey. They all, they're all a big bloke up front, and it kind of gives you no option but to kind of boot it in at them. I think we need someone up front who's going to kind of make clever runs and get in behind, which is what I think Max Clayton could bring. I think if you play him up top, then he'll be able to get onto Medine's um, flick downs, or Amiobi's flick downs, and actually push the defence backwards. Whereas they know, if you're playing against Amiobi or Medine, you step up, and you know they're not going to go in behind you. So I think in terms of a different option, that's what we need. I don't, I don't know if Jamie Thomas is that or not, but personally, I'd, I'd stick Clayton up there and just do something, try that, just do something different. Well, but, yeah, well, maybe he was a... Uh, I, I don't like to describe Clayton as a striker, but mm. he, he, did, he did play... I believe he played as part of, like, a front two when he played for crew, anyway, yeah. at least. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't see... I, I feel like he should be starting uh, pretty much every game just for he is something different to the other three. Yeah. Well, after the international break, um, I watched Lennon's comments today, and he was talking tentatively about, tentatively about um, Zach Clough being close to fitness. So, if that's true, then that might heal all our problems, <laughs> and he'll be back in the starting lineup. But yeah, so maybe we could get um, Clough and Medine together. Who knows? But um, talking about after the international break, our upcoming fixtures are Reading away, where we lost seven-one last year. Brentford at home, we won that last year. Also, we beat Cardiff at home last year. Um, Holloway, Charlton away, which we lost last year. Fulham at home, Rotherham away, and Blackburn at home. And that takes us up to the end of the year. I, I think I tweeted yesterday, I can see us getting one point out of those at the moment. Um, are you guys more optimistic, or do you think we've um, got a struggle? Let, 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 let me just get the fixtures up again, because um, let's have a look. Uh, um, I think in fairness, we'll probably get more than one draw. Whether we'll win any of them, I think, is probably the question. Yeah. That's, that's, right, we'll, lo- we'll, I mean. we'll lose against Reading. Um, Brentford at home. I mean, I never put us down to lose at home just because, I mean... So, let's see. I feel like we'll lose all the away games. I feel like... The Charlton away game is going to be huge at that point of the season. Um, we'll lose away to Rotherham. I mean, they're bottom, aren't they, now? Oh, we should beat Rotherham. I mean, that's that, 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 got a way draw written all over it, that does. Yeah. Sounds a bit like yeah. the Preston match, doesn't it? That's on exactly, Boxing yeah, Day yeah. as well. That's on Boxing Day. But like yeah, the, the Rotherham and Charlton games both stand out, uh, stand out to me as must-win away games. Yeah. But uh, the Preston game did as well. Um, so, <laughs> yeah. I mean... Probably, yeah, probably both nil-nils. And, um, yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm hoping we can beat Blackburn at home and I'm hoping we beat Rotherham away and maybe 
because we beat Cardiff last year and Brentford last year actually at home, maybe we can get two wins there. But the others, I'm less optimistic. I mean, that's the huge, the, the huge two there, really. Two home games on the trot. Yeah. Which you feel like... I mean, I think Cardiff's doing quite well. I don't know about Brentford, but you feel like we should be able to get a start from both of them. Hopefully. Based on our home form, based on not losing home games, something. Yeah. yeah. And then, you know, consecutive games, consecutive points, that would be, well, like, the first time this season. That would be great. True. I mean, we've only lost it's... twice this year at home, haven't we? So... Twice? Yeah. yeah. Only once in the league, then there once, was that first yeah. game as well, isn't that right? Yeah. yeah. It, yeah. It, That's decent. It is just quite a soul destroying that, like, when we came down, what, three years ago, um, I looked at the fixture list and I was like, I looked at every game, like, oh, yeah, we, we can, we, like, every game, I was like, we should be beating these. Mm. Now, I look, now I look at the fixture list and I'm, I, I struggle to find the wins. Yeah. And that's in the space of, like, three years. It's just. Like completely, like yeah, yeah. It's pretty depressing, isn't it? Anyway, yeah. thinking positively, what do you think we need to do in the next two weeks during the international break to um, get things get things sorted and um, go and get a, two wins against Brentford and Cardiff? What does Len, What does Lennon need to work on? Need to sign a striker. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's just that's as simple. It's as simple as that, really. Um, yeah. Cool. Okay. Maybe maybe buy me D a new pair of boots, shooting <laughs> boots. <laughs> Brilliant. Okay. Cool. Uh, we're going to take a short break there. Um, in a couple of minutes, we'll be back to talk about um, our friend Lennon. So join us in two minutes. Hello everyone and welcome back to episode 35 of the Love Pod. I'm still here with Tom and with Jamie. Um, okay, we've just talked about um, the next few weeks, coming next upcoming fixtures. We're going to have a look at whether Lennon should stay or whether he should go. So in the last few weeks we've seen Fulham, who are in 12th with 20 points, Leeds, who are in 15th with 19 points, Huddersfield, who are now 19th with 15 points, and Charlton, who've just gone above us in 22nd with 13 points all sack their managers. So yesterday, Leeds and Charlton both won, having just sacked their managers. What do you guys think? Does Lennon stay, or should he go? And start off with, I'm going to ask you, has he run out of ideas about how to get things back on track? Uh, come to you, Tom, on that one. Um, uh, um, I, I don't want to sack Lennon, uh, because I feel like we have just sort of... It seems like an easy way out. Um, but it, some of his decisions do baffle me. Um, like, week on week, he, he seems to be making simple team selection mistakes. And, um, I, 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 I don't know. I, I literally don't know anymore. I mean, his, <laughs> his, hands, his hands are completely tied. Um mm. I think Tom, uh, you mentioned well, something earlier about yeah. you, you likened it to being like Friedman again. Um, yeah. And I mean, the team selections kind of point to that. Um, the kind of excuses he's coming up with point to that as well. Um, so, do you, Jamie, do you think we're coming to the point where it is becoming too like Friedman, where he's he just got nothing else to try? Yeah, possibly he's running out of ideas. I mean, I, I mean, how much more can he do? I mean, like you mm. said before, we are creating chances. We're just not putting them away. And in the end of the day, I, I, I don't know how much a manager can do about that without going into the transfer market buying a striker. Because, you know, clearly something he's doing is right. We are creating chances. We are keeping the ball out the back of our net. Something he's doing is right, but there's just a fundamental lack of goal scorer. That's true. And yeah. He, he, no idea from Lennon is going to solve that um, unless he can find some great gem in the transfer market somewhere. But, you know, I think as far as having run out of ideas, maybe because I don't think there really necessarily is another idea that will work. But I don't know. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I, think it's, I think it's really hard to blame Lennon when, I mean, yes, he changes the team around a lot. Um, but then the players who come in still let him down. I think that's really. I think you have to point the finger at the players, really. I think they're letting him down, and they're not 
a lot of them just aren't putting enough effort in. I think people like Jay Spearing yesterday throwing tackles in and really showing a bit of heart. That's what they all need to be doing, and a lot of them just aren't. So I find it really hard to pin the blame on Lennon, and I think it, it would be... I can understand why they'd sack him, but then I don't really see anyone else coming in who'd be able to rectify it, and I don't think anyone would be able to do this job. I think it's a really tough job. What about uh, the, what about David Moyes uh, calling to uh, <laughs> <laughs> someone, someone from the Telegraph believes we have the money to sack Lennon and uh, hire David Moyes if he loses his job at Real Sociedad. So, uh... Yeah, that sounds like absolute <laughs> madness. Um <laughs> I don't think we could afford to sack Lennon in the first place, could we? And then yeah, and then Moises' wages would. I have a feeling Moises' wages would be fairly huge as well. <laughs> yeah. so, um, I don't think you go from Man United manager last year to yeah. becoming Bolton manager. <laughs> it's just just complete trash, isn't it? It's just I don't know like where he streamed that up from. I have no idea. I think he linked Blackburn to that as well, didn't he? If, if they yeah. sacked Gary Bowyer. I definitely don't think Blackburn yeah. could afford it, seeing as they're in. Um, they fell foul of financial fair play last year, didn't they? So I don't see them having the cash to uh, pull that one out of the bag. No, I'm, I'm, I'm sure Moyes would wait for a decent Premier League job to pop up before he. Uh, I mean, it was it was only like um, a year and a half ago he was managing United. So yeah. <laughs> I don't yeah, know. It is just complete. Pony in it, like it's yeah, just... absolutely nonsense, <laughs> but quite amusing <laughs> all the same. <laughs> okay, cool. Um, talking of, sorry, gone. Oh, never mind. Um, talking of Bolton news, um, let's run over a few other things that are in the news at the moment regarding Bolton. Um, starting with a couple of apparent loan signings, we're after. So Lennon mentioned in his uh, post-match comments yesterday that he's hopeful of bringing in another player. Um, Apparently, one of those could be Raji Van Lepara of Wolves, who I believe is a winger slash forward, and Zhao Tejera, who I believe is an attacking midfielder from Liverpool. Either of you guys know anything about them? Uh, um, I've watched Van Lepara a few times on TV, um, and I did... Well, I searched... When we were linked with him, I did do a Twitter search of both names, and Wolves fans... um, their sort of opinion on Van Lepara is sort of similar to Bolton uh, fans' opinion on Liam Feeney. So, um, yeah, I mean, <laughs> that just bodes well, doesn't it? And it frustrates me. I, I believe it's to share is meant to be quite good. Mm-hmm. Um, I know, like, a Liverpool fan who rates him, but I just it just worries me that we're linked with two wingers and not a striker. Um, yeah. Yeah, true. I think especially if, well, when Wellington gets back, are they even going to play um, if he keeps playing Feeney? I don't know. But I've seen Tejera play. He's a good player. Um, I think he's scored like five or six goals for Brighton last year as well. So, yeah, he's obviously a decent player. What do you reckon, um, Jamie? Uh, I think I recognise the Liverpool guy from Four Manager, like Spice yeah. 11 or something. Beyond that, I, I know nothing about them. But, yeah, no, he scored six goals, I think, last season. And... Um, the Wolves guy, I'm not even going to bother trying with these names, the Wolves guy scored one, I think, <laughs> which is the problem, like Tom says, we need someone to put the ball in the back of the net. And yeah, we aren't necessarily, have got, we haven't necessarily got the putting edge to create the chances at times, but mm. these people are just going to be putting more balls on the head of Gary Medine, or the foot of Gary Medine, or just any part of Gary Medine's body that's not going to go to the back of the net. And that's going to be the problem, and it will keep on being the problem, and... Which, that's why I didn't understand the signing of Silver as well, is we needed a striker at that point, and he brings in a winger. Yeah. And, yeah, great, he's a good player, he's going to create more chances, but we're not scoring chances, so we don't need more chances when someone's going to score a chance. And these aren't the players for that, so... True. That's, that's, yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think the fact that we brought Amiobi in kind of points to we're not going to get another striker, so I think it is going to be a... Uh, I think it is going to be another winger. He's coming in, but yeah, we'll see. But I think, like one of you guys said earlier, I think this Bratton guy is the kind of player we need, um, and that is a new signing. So hopefully we can get him in, and um, yeah, a bit of creativity from midfield. I think that's what we need personally. Um, another story that's been doing the rounds today 
or rather on Friday, I think it was, um, of rumours of Bolton going into administration, which I've been dreading for about six months, to be honest. Um, so apparently the Daily Mail broke a story that um, Bolton Wanderers staff are, are fearing for their jobs now that the club's in so much uh, financial strife. Um, have you guys seen this story and what do you make of it? I'll come to you, Jamie. Have you seen this story? Um, I think I did. I've, I've heard about the story, really, so if I've read the Daily Mail's article, I mean, it, it, on the upside, it's only the Daily Mail saying this, so yeah. it's probably a load of rubbish, um, unless it's about cancer, in which case it must be true. true. But, um, I don't know, it's, it is a fear. Um, it's, it's definitely the possibility of Eddie Davis not putting money in that we could slip into administration quite easily. Mm. Uh, I think I've submitted a piece earlier about why that might happen. I won't bother going into it it's also quite boring. <laughs> um, but essentially, if Eddie Davis isn't putting the money in, then the directors might literally just have to put them into administration in order to not um, have to put loads of money to the club themselves. So it's yeah. definitely a worry and... I don't know, it's a predictable story to hear and the club's response was just a load of absolute rubbish. It doesn't really... They really need to put that to bed and just didn't, which is quite disappointing, yeah. really. I think, yeah, the club's response kind of points to... Um, a lot of people will point the blame at Gartside, but I think this really does point to Gartside just not having a clue and not being connected to the fans whatsoever. They want to hear from him that he's fully behind the club and he's fully invested and Eddie Davis is fully invested, but they did nothing to answer those fears whatsoever, did they, Tom? I don't know if you've seen this story either, but... Oh, yeah. I, I mean, I read it and, I mean, I'm, I'm not an expert um, on this sort of field, so I won't go into it too much, but um, there, there is just quite an ominous, uh, ominous feeling around the club at the minute and, yeah. in that regard. And, yeah, the... Uh, statement, if we can even call it that, from the club just didn't alleviate any concerns whatsoever. Um, and even Lennon in his sort of interview, he, he said, um, I forget exactly what he said, I think he said he wasn't, he was ignoring it or something, but even he seemed like he was completely in the dark about what was going on upstairs, so um, it does seem like very worrying times at the minute. Yeah, I think it's really worrying. I think um, it seems like it's inevitable now. I think if we go down, which looks fairly likely at the moment, then I think it's, that's, it's definitely going to happen, isn't it? We're going to be absolutely screwed financially. Um, if we stay up, then I might convince someone to buy us eventually. Um, and we'd not have to go into administration. But if we do go into administration now, then we're going to be docked 12 points and then we're basically relegated, aren't we? So, yeah. Sorry, it's... Well, yeah, sorry. No, go on. Go on, Tom. Well, it's like Eddie Davis is trying to sell a club, but um, when you, it, I liken it to trying to sell a house. Basically, when you try to sell a house, you do it up, you spend money on it to like make it better, more sellable, and him just completely withdrawing his funding, it's just uh, not going to get any buyers, especially if we go down to League One. So it's just, it is that's just how it is, really. Exactly, yeah. It's, it's, it's right. exactly the same as what Randy Lerner is doing at Villa as well, just for years of effective neglect. And, you know, now they're bottom of the Premier League and well, no one wants to buy a team at bottom of the Premier League and <laughs> so a team at bottom of the Championship. But, I mean, to, to be fair, I mean, in a way I'd be surprised because we, we still owe most of the money to Eddie Davis. And I, I, I don't know. I mean, the cash flow would have to be really, really rubbish to not be able to deal with the relatively small amount of debt that actually it's owed to people who will call it in. But I, I, I don't know. Yeah, I think we owe like £180 million to Davis and then there's like a £5 million pound loan they took out earlier this season. With some loan shark or something, yeah. Yeah, it sounds really dodgy. So it's probably like 3000000 million percent interest on it, which means we owe about £20 million now already. But... Well, I mean, they, they, they could dump us in administration because they've got the security yeah. over the stadium and... Well, all the assets, I think, actually, incredibly yeah. enough. A tiny loan, they've got security over everything. I mean, it's absolutely mental. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not a great situation we find ourselves in, especially given our league position. But, um, OK, so we, we'll finish that section on that cheery note. And uh, we'll be back in two minutes with a quick game of Guess Who. And we'll be looking at your responses to our Love Pod question for this week. So join us in two minutes. 
All right, welcome back, everyone. Sorry for that slightly disturbing last section about our financial situation. Um, here's hopefully a more an, um, light-hearted look at a former Bolton Wanderers player. Um, and Tom and Jamie are going to have a guess who it is. You ready to go, guys? Yep. Okay. Yep. Number one, I failed to score in seven league games for Bolton, but I did score three in the League Cup. Uh, Tom? Go. Uh, Mario Giada. Oh, bloody hell. I shouldn't have that last bit. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> I didn't, I wasn't going to add that last bit, but never mind. I had some other good stats, actually. So in, apparently in 1999 to 2000, Giada came second in the European Golden Boot, despite scoring six goals more than Kevin Phillips, based on oh. like the coefficients and stuff in Portugal. Um, and he also won the Golden Boot twice, scored 345 goals. Yeah. Anyway, well done. His record, his record was that incredible before he joined us, wasn't it? Yeah, he scored like 250 goals, I think it was, in Europe, and then joined us and yeah, well, went terrible. <laughs> Which is, yeah, welcome to Bolton. <laughs> oh, well, that was quick. But, um, okay, so this like on the Love Pod question this week, we asked, how good actually is Josh Vella. So we'll have a quick look at um, a few of your responses on this one. Um, so Matt Sharples, at Sharpie1991, said, very good, not a right back. Should be playing every game alongside Spearing for me, with Mark Davis ahead. Still very young too. That's a very good point. Um, Glenn Atworth, at, at Glenn underscore Ashworth, like 90% of Bolton players, very overrated, but for me yesterday, he was my man of the match. Hmm. Um, at Harry Gavigan, think he actually plays better as a right back. Good defensively, but quite wasteful with passing. Uh, Wilf at Bartims, in my opinion, a very good player. Could play midfield and fullback, tackles well, good vision, keeps keeps possession, and young, so will improve. JJ786BWFC, I think he's very suited to right back. Maybe when we find a decent right back, he can move in the middle. Prefer spearing, thought he was solid. At Dan under seven, okay, but shit going forward, okay. Um, at the Matthew Pryor, needs a set position and needs to play there regularly to make it his own. Did that at right back last season, in my opinion. That's a very good point. Um, ben Moore says better at right back. Uh, at P Wanderer, lots of potential, good in spells, needs confidence. Um, and at Rob Orbswalker says quality right back. With an average striker, we'd have won 3 0 and we'd all be looking rosy. That's also a very good point. I was listening to um, Wanderers player yesterday. And Tony Cully was talking about Josh Vella being a really good player and how he thinks he's good in midfield and at right back. And he also said he thought Josh Vella could play centre back. Um, so, what do, you, do you think you, do you guys see Josh Vella playing centre back? To be fair, he's decent in the tackle and decent in the air. So, yeah. maybe, but I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm going to try it. <laughs> I think we've got enough at centre back to just stick with players who actually play there. Yeah, I agree. I think you need to uh, have a specialist in there, not Josh Vella, personally. How tall is Josh Vella? Not very. Uh, I don't know. He looks tall, average. He? Yeah. So what do you guys think of Josh? I think we talked about this earlier, but what do you guys think of Vella? Do you think he should stay right back or stay in midfield? Or um, Yeah, well, the thing about Vella is, um, like, like I said before, I've been calling for him for a long time to be playing centre midfield but someone on like on our little uh, Facebook chat what we have um, the line of Vienna Suite uh, someone I can't remember who it was said that playing it right back last season destroyed his inner pillow and um, <laughs> I mean that is sort of a good point I mean yeah I feel like he has sort of become more of a right back now he seemed quite comfortable there um, for the most part on Saturday, um, I think the problem with him in midfield is uh, he hasn't found a sort of role in midfield that he's made his own. Like he's been played at the tip of the diamond, he's been played like sitting, he's played on like the right of a diamond. Um, I personally think in midfield he's best as a defensive midfielder, um, but 
yeah, I mean, his his passing recently has been quite poor for his standards. And also, um, the thing about Josh Feller is he has, like, a sort of... He seems to have a sort of confidence issue. Like, he had a go at a fan on Twitter yesterday who uh, said he had a poor first half. And he replied saying, tell me how I was poor. Mm. Which I think just shows his, uh, shows his age, really, doesn't it? I think. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think... I think he was really good at right back last year. I, my worry about him being a right back would be where a team actually plays with a proper winger and actually gets at him. Someone like Damari Gray, for example, if he really got it, Vela, I think that's where he'd come unstuck. But if you're playing teams like Bristol and Rotherham, I think he'd do a job. But is he really a really good quality right back? Mm, probably not, is he? What do you think, Tom, uh, Jamie? No, I mean, I think we probably could. Well, we probably can't, but you could, in theory, get a better right back, definitely. But, I mean, I think maybe part of his problem is summed up in what Tom said. We don't know where his best position is, and he keeps on getting moved around. It means he can't get consistency, and you do need that to sort of, well, to develop as a player. You know, it's said in those tweets, he's still young. You know, he needs to develop in a position if he's being moved around, chops and changed the whole time, and he's not going to mm. necessarily develop into the best player. He could be in a specific position and just become an average player as a jack, sort of average jack of all trades, maybe. Yeah, I think that's exactly right, actually. I think he is still very young. I think we do forget that. and we can, There's quite a lot of expectation on him. Um, a lot of people calling him for him to be playing last year. Um, I think it's a bit unfair, maybe, for loads of people to be putting that pressure on him when he is so young. But, um, yeah, I think, yeah, if we, if we decide on one position for him, keep playing him there, then he's going to improve and hopefully we'll see the best of him. But the whole, the whole pressure on young players thing just shows where we are now. Because obviously, yeah. pre-season, everyone's like, oh, Zach Clough's going to be you know, this, that and the other. He started slowly. And, mm. you know, can we expect that much from a player who had played, I don't know, was it like 10 first-team games, yeah. if that, before we got injured with a couple of injuries? You know, we're, we're, we're having to pin a lot of quotes on these players. You know, everyone's saying, oh, Jamie Thomas, Jamie Thomas, Jamie Thomas. You know, there was really hope being pinned on someone who has not made a first-team appearance. Hey. And it, this is it's just where we are, I guess, that you know these players are seen as the solution because there actually isn't another solution. Yeah, that's a very good point. Okay, cool. Well, thanks for your time tonight, guys. Um, and that's the end of Love Pod 35. Uh, we'll be back next week, um, hopefully with Chris and I think Chris back in the, in the uh, hosting seat. Um, Tom, Jamie, thanks for your time. Uh, Tom, where can we find you online? Um, you can follow me on Twitter at Tom Malloy. Brilliant. And how about you, Jamie? Uh, on Twitter at Jamie underscore Moss 23. Brilliant. Cool. Thanks, Tom. Thanks, Jamie. And thanks to everyone for listening. And we'll hear from you next week.